the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, it is a fascinating year. It's a year that we could never have predicted this in January, and that's the beautiful thing that is Wall Street. There's a phrase out there called the dismal scientist, which refers to an econ- uh, uh, economist. Um, we can never have predicted this. It's maybe the craziest thing I've ever lived through as far as economic events. I'm hearing older people go, oh, Vietnam wasn't this bad. World War II wasn't this bad. Like, World War II wasn't as bad as this? Oh, no, we didn't shut down. Like, um, this is an interesting year for you. And hopefully you get through it. Hopefully you don't get too stressed out, too caught up, too angry, too frustrated. Um, And you get a shirt that says, I survived 2020. The news is driving me batty. But since March, I've done this nonstop for you, essentially. At some point in time, I'm going to take a week off or a day or two. One of the two, all right? Um. But we're staying on top of this and we're doing it together and I'm really proud of people. I'm really, really proud of people. I got, you know, text messages and emails from people. Hey, my market, my portfolio is back to an all time high. And I think that just recently happened because I think most, excuse me, I'm getting more texts about it now and emails because I think most people's portfolios have a lot of S&P 500, which if you take a look at the performances here, it's, it's all tech stocks. So the tech heavy Nasdaq's up 20% for the year. And now the SP 500's getting, you know, at the start of the week, I think it was down 3% for the year. And then it was, it was break even for the year. And now it's like a 1%. It's, it's toying with it, right? But more people are looking at their portfolio going, hey, geez, the year's halfway over and I'm not down? I would have thought for sure I'd be down. Boeing's still in the news. Um, because an airline is in the news, an airline, Spirit Aerosystems. Is saying they expect significantly lower deliveries of Boeing planes, 737 MAX planes through 2022. A couple weeks ago, we were like, okay, looks like Boeing's doing some test flights. Good, good, good. Now, wait for it, wait for it. Will they get approval? Not coming yet. That may be something that can move the market on one of those weird days. Like, let's say this weekend, Pelosi and Trump call each other bad names. You're like, it's going to be a tough Monday. Boeing comes out and say, we got certification. That can change a lot. Boeing has their fingers in the world economies. Their planes are everywhere. If you're going to buy, not if buy, if you're going to fly around the world, you're typically going to do it on a Boeing or an Airbus. If you're going to be flying your executives to close deals, it's typically going to be on a Boeing or an Airbus. Well, I don't know about that. That's when you start getting into private jets and everything. But NetJet's done pretty well. 
during COVID. That's a question of how will they end up doing post-COVID? A lot of people are saying, well, if I'm going to travel, I'm going to travel on my own personal jet right now. And they're spending a little bit extra money. Not your own personal jet because it's a net jet. You're leasing it and you're only getting it for that flight. Um, but they've seen a huge pickup. Huge pickup. Will that still stay there post-COVID? Most people don't think it will. But once you start using a service, does it become a little bit stickier and a little bit more tough to break up with? Yeah. So Instacart was a great way to get groceries because if you go to get groceries and you're like, oh, the lines are like three hours long over here. Like there was lines this year. We had food lines at grocery stores, not because there's shortages. Well, there was shortages, but we also we didn't want that many people in the buildings. But what a visual year to live through. Microsoft's a little bit weaker. And to me, that's one of the stories of the day that it, it's going to be on the headlines. But they came out with earnings. They did their song. They did their dance. They did a little seltzer in the pants. They did it for us. They, they delivered. They didn't say next quarter looks awful. They didn't say next quarter no one's going to be out. They're all going to be dead. There's going to be no shopping. Everyone's gonna, no one's going to be using the cloud. They didn't say that. And they're off a little bit now telling us, like, okay, we know that you got some pull forward of business in COVID. Um, I hate Google Suite. I hate it. <laughs> I know you're saying, man, you're, you're an angry man. Um, okay, I, I dislike it. Yeah, passionately. How, how's that? So I, on another computer, I had to get uh, my Microsoft Outlook and everything else. And I was like, duh. I was trying to hold out as that's the weird computer that I don't need uh, Word and my tools on, my Microsoft Office. And I was like, nope, I guess I do need it. And I don't even need it. I just don't like the Google suite. But anyway, um, so I think Microsoft is telling us maybe we sell on the news here. Maybe the March through into July is the the rally that we got. And now it's going to be, let's take a look back at the economy. Let's see if there's a double dip. I've been more right than wrong since March, and I'm really, really proud of that. I'm not making a call here, but Microsoft, the big tech is acting like, okay, we did our job. And then like some days you're looking at consumer staples and you say, okay, you guys do your job. You hit all-time highs. And then we're looking for energy. Energy's not going to hit all-time highs anytime soon. Do you remember this year? Oil was free if you could store it. I mean, it's, it's the most ludicrous thing that you could say out loud. We ran out of storage. And the price dipped below $10 a barrel to the point that some places were so backed up, they just wanted to eat it off their hands. And backed up, what do I mean by that? It's probably not as uh, analogous to constipation as it sounds. Backed up to me is when you drill it out of the ground, you got to put it in a pipeline and send it somewhere, maybe a storage tank. So you drill it, you got this big drill, it goes, you hit oil, Eureka, we got oil, black gold. And then you got to like tap it and get it to some storage facility. And then at some point in time, you got to be able to railroads to come get it or pipelines to come send it back and forth or uh, boats to take it across the, the ocean. Elves needs boats, elves needs boats, elves needs boats, 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 boats. Uh, believe it or not, that's also one of those weird uh, indicators of world economies. How many boats are out on the ocean right now? Boats are a side of commerce, no? 
I, I was about to bring up Christopher Columbus and I'm like, I don't know if I can bring up Christopher Columbus anymore. And I want to cry because here I was talking about boats and like boats are commerce. And my, my next thought in my head is like, remember when Christopher Columbus was sailing around the oceans and uh, getting spices and bringing them back to the queen? And you're like, racist, <laughs> um, pugilist, or it just, I don't know, is Chris Columbus, can I talk about him anymore or not? Or I'm going to get in trouble later today. I don't know. Um, but that's the life of being on radio right now. You got to watch what you say. And I don't even know if I can talk about Christopher Columbus. I think I can. As long as I say it's all about boats back in that 1600s area or, or Nina, Santa Maria, and Pinto, and we're doing commerce and you know, 1400s to 1600s, boats were like a thing for doing commerce. Um, then we get into the trains and we get into this, uh, modern revolutions and industrial revolutions. And you get into these turns and these twists that you could kind of see like boats were kind of a technology for commerce, as were trains, as were cars, as are electric vehicles. Oh, and again, congratulations to Tesla, a fourth quarter in a row of profit. I didn't think it was going to happen that early. I was wrong going to be more wrong and they're bigger than a, a, a car company and if you don't think that i think you might be missing it i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more want the podcast with music find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to rob black's twitter his handle is at rob black show listen to rob black and your money weekday mornings seven to nine on am 1220 kdow i don't think july 23rd is going to go down in the day of history that changed all days of history it will be nice to get baseball back. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but it, it, it will be nice. And you just keep your fingers crossed because I'm not hoping for the worst case. I'm not a anarchist. <clears throat> Although I do think I had the anarchist cookbook when I was in college. And I don't know if that is, will exclude me from future jobs for saying it online, so I shouldn't say it. <clears throat> oh, no, it's my friends. I was just borrowing it. So this is an interesting earning season. Because it's coming in the backs of the economy is not really as strong as the earnings are. And we know some sectors are benefiting, some sectors are getting crushed. But it's good to see baseball come back because today at four or whenever the Yankees play nationals, maybe, at some point today, I'm going, man, that guy makes a lot of money. (laughs) He's making $30 million a year to strike out or something like that. I'll get a kick out of watching sports again. And that's part of getting back to normal. And I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because I'm not an anarchist that like they stay open next week. We might get the NBA and the NHL. I think there's still some pretty big questions about, you know, prorated players versus full salaries versus how much time do they get for credit? If you're an NFL player and you're 33, you want to fight as, as hard as you can to get as much as you can for your like future pensions and, and benefits because your career has lasted longer than they typically a typical career in the NFL is three years. So I, I get why negotiations between labor are difficult right now, but we're seeing that play out on sports teams. I can tell you it's playing out in private institutions as well, whether you're a museum or a financial company Employees want to be compensated if they're going to put themselves at risk. Management wants to know, are employees going to put themselves at risk or not? Employees want to know, how much protection do I get? What happens if I get sick? What happens if we come back and we furlough again? So there's a lot of questions. 
and baseball is talking about it publicly. But I know a lot of people are asking their bosses, like, I, I know a boss. What a jerk. He's like, I'm, not, I'm willing to travel. They should be willing to travel, too. And like, well, how's your mother's health? How's your adopted kid who you don't know if he has asthma or not? Like, there's a lot of question between labor and management right now. And I think that's kind of fueling a little bit of the protests that we're seeing across the country, not just because Black Lives Matter, but because of income and quality. And then you mix in some people have a little bit more time on their hands because they're not going to work. And I see where the unrest is. It's it's there. I wish I was doing a story like this one. But again, I'm going to watch a little bit of baseball today. And for the record, cute Rob Black story. I grew up overseas. Um, barely stepped foot in the United States till I was over 10. Um, probably closer to 12. But... I learned how to read from reading about the Yankees. My brother, David, great brother, awesome brother. Um, he said, pick a team. And in sports, I picked the Green Bay Packers and baseball. I picked the Yankees. And every day when my dad was done with the paper, which was the kind of thing we had to wait for my dad to be done with the paper. Then we would move in like Hawks and grab either the business section or the sports section. And that's where I learned, you know, Bucky Dent and Willie Randroff and Chris Chambliss and Greg Nettles and uh, Goose Gossage and Ron Guidry. And I learned statistics and uh, from reading papers, which is kind of a weird thing because they're gone now, aren't they? I can't even think of the last time I bought a newspaper. It had to be on vacation somewhere, right? Where I was like, I just want to see what's happening in America. Anyhow, Burger King. I wish we were in this world right now and not COVID. Where we could talk about the impossible worker, a uh, burger, not the worker, the impossible workers out there. But Burger King is uh, owned by Restaurant Brands International. And this time last year and the year before, we were talking about, oh, they're coming up with like uh, meat based proteins or plant based proteins. And, you know, oh, they're coming up with a sriracha chicken sandwich that's nine times deadlier than a, a venomous bite by a cobra. And Teenagers and millennials like, oh, I got to have that. I heard it kills cobras. No, it's more dangerous than a cobra bite. Oh, it, it's like getting 10 cobra bites? No, no, no. Okay, just go. Just go get the freaking fracking burger. But Burger King's get involved in a lawsuit right now because the Impossible Burger, was it vegan, was it vegetarian, or was it cooked on a grill where other meats were cooked? And you're like, uh, are we really suing over what is a burger? The good old days um, of we got lawyers who are available to, to take on that case. We're getting there, huh? Burger King said the Impossible Whopper is suitable for meat eaters who want to consume less animal protein. It doesn't advise on the product as one designed for vegans or vegetarians, blah, 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 blah. We, we're going to start suing people again, which is kind of getting back to normal. Starbucks has an impossible breakfast sandwich available at 15,000 locations. Not right now, but there'll be a point in time where we're talking about plant-based proteins. But not right now, but there'll be a time. And we're talking about Beyond Meat and the millennials and how they spend their money. But not right now, huh? Uh, which one's also healthier, a plant-based burger or a beef burger? Uh, people are asking questions about that. And Rachel Ray over at CBS has answers. <laughs> Don't you wish we were in that world again? We're going to get out of COVID, I promise. 
anyhow and anyway, baseball starts back up today. White House is dropping the payroll tax cut as they start hammering out the next stimulus. I think we kind of know four stimulus is coming, right? So now the question is, are we going to be surprised by it? Or are we going to be relieved? Was it big enough? We're going to be disappointed. Um, as we start moving towards the back half of the year, we got the elections. We've got earnings without a lot of stimulus. We've got earnings with less stimulus coming. And then we're going to get earnings, hopefully, with no stimulus. And the quality of earnings are going to be brought up. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I do love earnings season. I don't know if you've picked up that up on me yet, but uh, it's, it's every 90 days, Wall Street has to tell the truth and say, you know, here's where we did good and here's where we did poorly. Um, oh, and by the way, it looks like a quite a, not quite a few, but more than one company is going to be approved for the virus uh, vaccine. Um, so that asks the question, should you be investing in a virus vaccine? Because it's going to be watered down. Anyhow, I'm digressing. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Don't be shy. Any questions that you have, I can try to answer them on air. And if you call and ask and I can't answer it today, I will find an answer for you. I'm just as fascinated by all things financial as you are. I think that was one of my segments or news thing. All things financial, Rob Black. That sounds familiar, but I can't remember where all things financial came from. It sounds like a PBS show, doesn't it? A little bit. <clears throat> 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Interesting day because Microsoft isn't responding to the very positive earnings and an outlook that was more than fine. Wall Street has a what have you done for me lately. The stock has moved up. Now we're saying, what's the next catalyst? I'd kind of like to see Microsoft, Apple, Intel, Qualcomm, Cisco, any of the big tech names, I'd kind of like to see them do some acquisitions of some companies that got hit hard by COVID and you know didn't have that. I'd kind of like to see them use some of their share price right now. But I digress. The Russell 2000 is an index that's up today. The Nasdaq's lower. The Dow's lower. The S&P 500's up one point. Then it's down one point. Then it's up one point. So why am I focused on Russell 2000? Well, first and foremost, I do think there's the phrase that is kind of true is that there's always a winner on Wall Street. You just got to know where to look. Something's always working because if something's not working, then money's being built up and it goes somewhere in theory. So the Russell 2000 is telling me it's up almost 1%. It's not inconsequential. If it go up 1% each day for the next two weeks, so it's up 10%. That's, that's a good number. So they're up almost 1% today, and the other markets are down, telling me Wall Street is saying, ah, I, I'm not that excited by Microsoft, so I'm going to sell at a high. And again, this is not investment advice. So selling it a little bit off at an investment at a high. Now, honey, we got $10,000 or $100,000 or a million dollars, whatever it is that you just made off Microsoft. You're taking a look around. You're looking to the left. You're looking to the right. And you're like, should we put it on horse races? No. 
Should we pay down our mortgage or have build up our cash reserve? Maybe. But if you're looking to put it back in the market, where do you see some areas that have underperformed? The NASDAQ's up 20%. And you just told, sold Microsoft, which is up big for the year and leading the NASDAQ. You may put it in the, you may look elsewhere and say, whoa, the Russell 2000 is really not doing great. Now, the Russell 2000 is some of the smaller companies in America, and a lot of them are financial banks. Uh, not enough for me to, like, wave my hands and scream, no, it's a value to trap. It's Admiral Akbar from Star Wars. It's a trap. It's not quite that bad. But the Russell 2000, when you're down 10% for the year and the Nasdaq's up 20 and the Dow's kind of sideways and the S&P 500's slightly up, you're, you can say, yeah, I, I can make a case for that, Russell. As an index, but then as individual stocks, you'd have to base it, you know, pick by pick. As an index, I think the Russell 2000 is a play on USA, born in the USA. The Russell 2000, in theory, they're small companies that are U.S.-based. And because they're small, typically they haven't gotten their fingers into, we must conquer the U.K. We must conquer London. For instance, Robinhood is a app based out of the Bay Area. That is a financial transaction trading app. Uh, frictionless. There's no cost, right? They just said that they're not going to get in the UK. They're still a small cap company, but they're growing. They you might even call them a mid cap at this point. Um, but they didn't quite crack Europe, but they're going to. So small caps can grow up to be mid caps. Mid caps can grow up to be large caps. Large caps can grow up to be mega caps. A friend of mine just said he bought shares of Apple. I'm like, yeah, I've been, I let it go a little bit for the first time ever. And um, because I don't see where mega caps go. Cash generating machines? Yes, no doubt. If Microsoft and Apple were to decide we're never going to grow again, they could pay dividends for a long time. And do it in good economies, bad economies. If Apple were to say we're not going to, we're going to cut, cut, cut some of our spending budget, some of our research and development. Billions and billions and billions of dollars can go back to shareholders. Because to try to stay a growing company, they've put a lot of money into initiatives to continue to grow. But I digress. Stocks are falling today after jobless claims came in worse than expected. This is a tough one. A lot of what people see with employment is their own situation and then what they hear on the news. Most people don't invite us into our into their bedroom so we can be flies in the wall and learn that they're struggling with paying their bills or learn that they're struggling with the idea of will I be employed or not. New weekly unemployment insurance claims rose by more than 1.4 million last week. The new level of new claims increasing for the first time since mid-March. And again, showing you that a job recovery is not going to be V-shaped. We've already got a big bounce in the recovery. And for it to continue, it's just it doesn't feel like it's there. A weakening labor market could get me a little bit more nervous or get me nervous that my neighbors could be nervous. When March hit, a neighbor came over to my house almost in tears. And I said, it's going to be OK. Stay long. Don't panic. I know what you have. If you need the money in the next month, two months, three months, four months, you'd be a fool not to sell it. If you need it in the next one year, two years, three years, four years. I can't promise anything, but if you need it in 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, you're going to be okay. And it took about two months for it to come back. 
but I'm glad I talked him out of it. CBC reported that Republican lawmakers are considering extending the boosted unemployment benefits at a reduced $100 a week through December, down from $600 a week previously discussed. That extra $500, and again, I'm not a socialist, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm not, if you call me anything, and I don't even like the libertarian, I just want less government, but I'm not even a, no. But $600 down to $100, whatever political affiliation you are, that's a material drop for the, you know, the millions of people who are unemployed. And, you know, we just saw 1.4 million last week lose their jobs. Cutting their benefits $500 is, you don't tell, tell them think that's going to be the difference of paying rent and not for a lot of people? It sure is. So we have kind of a tricky situation coming up. We got rising layoffs. We got expiring unemployment benefits. Um, we have escalating coronavirus outbreaks. And diagnosis. And it's kind of a perfect economic storm to derail some of the momentum that we've gotten. Microsoft, Tesla, Chipotle. Um, all pretty much so bellwethers of their own industries, right? Uh, the cloud performance out of Microsoft was solid. The car makers' shares uh, did well on four straight quarters of profits. Chipotle's in the news because their online orders through the roof. Didn't up, didn't make up enough for the fewer people in the stores. It's interesting because McDonald's can do it better than Chipotle, um, and it shows you like you now know what McDonald's looks like in a good economy. Now you know what it looks like it operates like in a, a bad economy. That's one of the things that we're going to come out of this with is perspective. A lot of times when you would call the show and I'd say, what stock do you want to talk about? And I don't know. Let's throw out a company real quick. Let's do NVIDIA because we've talked about them a little bit earlier today. And I would look up NVIDIA on my charts and I would you know, pull out a maximum chart. So I, I, first thing I would do is, okay, so back in, on 9-11, September 11th, um, 2001. The stock was, let's see, where was it? About $14. So I know that. And then I, I would jump up to 2008 and the financial crisis. And it was about $10. And then, so it, it's gone from 14 to 10 in that, in that, that seven year period. That's not good. But again, in 2001, if you were to go back a little bit further, it had a massive run-up because the tech stocks in the 90s. So it kind of took the early 2000s off. So I could see in 2008, financial crisis, it was $10. I could see 9-11, it was $14. And you look for charts that show you like a marking point. And you know where you could say, in a bad day, this is where it went to. I don't know what happened in December of 2018. I think there was a big pullback in the markets as we started 2019, thinking maybe the party's over after eight up years, nine up years on the stock market. So in 2018, December, not that long ago, NVIDIA was $133. It's now at $419. 
the last thing that I could see on the chart that it was trying to say on a bad day, this is where it was. Yeah, you got to go back to 2018. It's almost ridiculous that I can say that out loud. It went up all the time in 2019. And 2020, it's been pretty much so straight up. So you can't find the, in a worst case scenario, COVID, it dragged down to. You got to go back to 2008 and 2001. That's pretty weird. That doesn't happen very often. With that said, eh, a little bit of chart reading folklore for you. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I bring this up because I should, only because it kind of adds to some of the, the, the mythology of the show. Everyone knows I grew up playing video games and that I probably became a millionaire from investing in stocks that were tied towards video games. Um, technology stocks in particular, I have a fondness for. Doesn't mean I'll always do it, but I think they make the best stories for air. Should you invest on what you hear on air? No. You should figure out what works for you, but you should say, wow, this guy's been doing it for 20, 25 years, and he said he made a million dollars off tech stocks, so he's got some credibility. Or figure out what works for you, right? So in earning season, tech stocks are the ones that I'm probably most attracted to, just naturally. Um, Tesla, I like it, but it's kind of tough to talk on air a lot about as far as an investment. What I've said from the beginning, if you want to own Tesla, you buy a little bit of it now and a little bit of it later. I get it. At one point in time, I wanted a Tesla. They're cool. Um, most of America didn't have one. I live in an area now where it's like the most common car. So you go down the road, you go down the street, you park on, and almost every other house has a Tesla. So it went from very unique looking and kind of cool to, well, it kind of looks like the Palo Alto Prius. That's not a compliment. Jobless claims could spike by 40% more in the coming weeks. This is going to be an interesting time to, to, to get through. As we get through earnings season, we lose that spark of, we have to wait another 90 days to see how many billions of dollars companies earn, or did it earn. But... The airlines are going to, you're starting to see more people and more headlines come out of the airlines. And it may not be hitting you, but like 80,000 pilots accepted early retirement. These are job losses. And you can play around with the money in the short term and say, well, the company's not losing the money. And he took a big old severance and he's got a big old paycheck. He's happy. In a couple months, he's going to be like, I wonder if the United's hiring, because I just got furloughed from Southwest, and I'm not saying anything about either company. And he may find that there's too many people looking for his job. So we've got some bad news coming. But we also are starting to craft the relief bill. What will it have? What will it not have? That'll A lot of that sausage making will be done this weekend on the TV shows. So, and more of it will happen next week. As you know, you'll hear like Nancy Pelosi said this about that, and you'll hear you know the Republican who's like really desperate to get reelected, or a Democrat who's like really close to upsetting someone. They'll be like, "I need this bill. I need this bill." And you're gonna you, you'll hear a lot of conversation about it. 
you know, and hopefully, and I, I say this gently, hopefully it's the last stimulus bill we need coming out of Congress because it's not fun watching Congress do this stuff. But I was talking about tech stocks that I like to watch and follow because I think the stories are fascinating. NVIDIA became worth more than Intel. And if you were around in the 80s and 90s and said, well, there's going to be this company that makes video game graphic processors. And later on, we're going to learn that those processors were really good for cars and self-automated driving cars. And maybe we'll learn, like, you'd never have thought NVIDIA would have been able to ever, never, ever be worth more than Intel. It shows you that technology can become a commodity and it's humbling Smaller, cheaper, faster. Intel, there was a day when they'd come out with a new architecture. And I'd be like, I need a new computer because of that. And now I can't tell the difference between an i7, an i5, an i9, a 10th generation, 11th generation. I can't tell the difference. So it's been become a very good, more of a commodity to me. Whereas NVIDIA, their 1,000 platform cards versus the 2,000 platform cards. I'm like, that's a big difference. I need the 2,000. It's a thousand more kind of thing, right? Uh, but NVIDIA in recent weeks has approached SoftBank, knocking on their door about getting something boring. SoftBank is a kind of a venture capitalist, I, I almost want to say patent troll, um, Japanese company that is trying to get into companies like WeWork when they're teeny tiny, bring them public and cash out tens and hundreds of millions of dollars and go buy, go invest in 10 more of those and hope you get another one. That's kind of what SoftBank does. And they have the intellectual property of Arm Holdings. And Arm Holdings is kind of this UK group that has a processing technology that's different than what Intel ever, ever went that direction. So NVIDIA would be getting in the business of licensing the Arm products and the intellectual property underneath it. And Arm products are used in a lot of smartphones and tablets. So the, the processing power. And you've recently seen Apple say, you know, this is important, so we're going to start developing this on our own. And we may be using our holdings as well for future, but not all, but maybe all products. That's how Apple plays the game. We may or may not, but we may. And it may be a little bit or maybe none, or it may be all of it. It's like, okay, that's a good blanket. So NVIDIA is a great GPU play. It's at a 52-week high. It was a stock that was on my list in March. Uh, because it's aggressive, I did not buy it. I held back. I did buy other things, and I'm comfortable with that. Um, <clears throat> so NVIDIA is a tech company that I've known for a long time. There's a video game out there called Duke Nukem. There was one called uh, Doom. And as these games came out, they, they used the processing power, the graphic processing power, more and more and more. Yeah. Those were games that I would play 25 years ago at 10 o'clock at night after I'd worked a 10-hour, hour, 10 to 12-hour day doing radio and television financial media and doing portfolio management. So I get those. I get it. Because I started playing video games very early in my life. And to this day, I'm so fascinated by the technology. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Listen to the show Mondays through Fridays, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on KDOW, AM 1220. And don't forget to tell friends about the podcast because that's what it's all about. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.